Hello, world. This is Eric Dye. I'm Jeremy Smith. And I'm Coach Schneider. And you're listening to Church Mag Podcast number 98. How is your spiritual health right now? Are you getting along with people? Are you doing okay? Are you praying to God? But we don't ask that question a lot. Fundamentally, it comes down to discipleship and submitting to one another. Running sound, doing tech stuff is worship, but you can't worship a God you don't know. This week's episode is brought to you by Great Church Sound, a guide for the volunteer. This ebook, hard copy, and free mobile app is a must-have resource for your church sound booth, no matter the size of your church. Professional audio engineer and church tech James Wassum has put together a stellar resource priced to be accessible by all. Learn more, purchase Great Church Sound, and find all kinds of free resources on the Great Church Sound website at greatchurchsound.com. And if you add church mag to the end of that URL, greatchurchsound.com, forward slash church mag you can land yourself a free resource better yet if you want to win a free copy of great church sound email us at podcast at church mag the email address again to win a free copy of great church sound podcast at church mag on this week's episode we hear from carl barnhill as jeremy smith interviews him about volunteers if you would like to ask a question or plug into this week's conversation use the church mag podcast hashtag cmagcast now, let the fun begin. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. It is a nice Saturday afternoon where I'm at here in Italy, and uh, Jeremy and Phil are in the States. See, uh, Phil, you are in crap. Not Ohio. Illinois. Mo- Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. Illinois. No, de- definitely not in Ohio. The sneaking Buckeye losers. <laughs> I was going hey. to hey. say... I was going to say Bethesda. <laughs> Jeremy's from Jeremy's from Ohio, I believe. Yes, yes. Jeremy's from Ohio. I was going to say Bethesda, uh, Bethalta. Yeah, Bethalto. Um, Bethalto. Is, I was going to say that, but then I realized nobody would know where that was at. No, um, no, no, no one. <laughs> hey, I, I travel in Illinois, and I go. People go, "Where are you from?" I say, "St. Louis." Oh, really? From Missouri? Not really, but yeah, for your benefit, I'm from St. Louis. And then I wanted to say Missouri because I knew you were close to St. Louis, but then I knew Missouri wasn't right. Yeah. So I like totally, my brain totally froze. And then when I, when I worked in East St. Louis, it just threw it all into <laughs> one big mess. <laughs> well, it, People in Bethalto don't know where that is, so it's okay. Right? Now, Jeremy is... You were wrong. People in Bethalto are very pretentious and stuck up. <laughs> but anyway, moving on. Moving on. Oh, my gosh. I can say that because I wasn't born here. Oh, so. my gosh. Uh, Jeremy is in Colorado Springs, Colorado, my former stomping ground many years ago. Um, and so, you know... You don't actually stomp on people, so... No, no. We do climb mountains, but I digress. So, um, their kids are waking up because they're um, they're awake, and so sometimes you might hear their kids, or maybe you'll hear my kids fighting in the other room in the background, because you know what? We're just three guys, just three regular guys, doing trying to do our best, doing what we do, uh, without having like some fancy dedicated studio, we're just kind of trying to do our best, do our thing. Hey, hey, you know what? Here's what it is. This podcast is raw. It's real. It's edgy, and uh, and we don't need your judgment. <laughs> <laughs> like one podcast reviewer said, uh, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Which um, thank, uh, thanks to our wives, we will never take ourselves too seriously. <laughs> it's true, uh, Jeremy. Uh, this week we're going to talk a little bit. Um, and uh, spend most of the time listening to an interview that you had with Carl Barnhill. Uh, Jeremy, set this up for us, would you? So we had an interesting conversation about uh, volunteers in general, and Carl Barnhill has his own podcast where he actually has a pretty good
good approach to wanting to constantly talk about volunteers and, and just the the religious aspect of volunteering and leading them. And so we actually have a great conversation about what it means to lead volunteers. Right. And we talked about volunteers. We've, we've talked about it here and there. We had it when we were talking with uh, James Awesome. Actually, that's not his name. It's James Wassum. James Wassum. James Wassum. Yeah, James Awesome Wassum. This is what I get for joking on James' name. We talked a little bit about volunteers then. We had an AMA about volunteers, and so this is really timely and uh, relevant to kind of some of the main things, kind of some of the uh, underlying and overlying things that we've had for the past few weeks. So let's go ahead and give this a listen. All right, I'm with Carl Barnhill, who, Carl, just give us a quick um, update of who you are on the web, kind of where people can find you real quick, and then we'll do a quick thing at the end, too. Sure. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, You can find me on the web at Carl Barnhill or at 1230media. That's the word 12, uh, the number 30, and the word media, 1230media. That's on Twitter, and then 1230media.com is our website. Cool. So if you guys follow him on social media or listen to a lot of his podcasts, you'll know that Carl loves to talk about volunteers. And in fact, I feel like we're in this process together of trying to understand how to do volunteer management well, because this is where my brain has been in the sense of how do you lead a team? How do you understand what's going on? In fact, in a recent episode we did, we talked about different leadership styles, different team styles, and how to cohesively bring them all together. And in just a general understanding, whether it's big church or little church, what are some of the things that you've noticed within volunteer care and church tech teams that's unique that you may not find within other parts of the church? Yeah, I think the biggest thing with tech volunteers is that we assume that we have to get people that are technically minded or geeky nerds, introverted people. And I want to kind of flip that on its head. And I did in, in a couple of churches that I, that I served at and it, and it, uh, we saw some, some big success in that we would welcome everybody. Uh, and I kind of looked at it from the mindset of, I need to be a pastor first, not a techie guy, not a, not a church media guy that knows um, the right button to push or, or how to um, create an experience for our people on Sunday. Uh, even though that's a huge part of what our team does, I kind of realized that, wait a second, I need to be this team's pastor first, uh, and then we can worry about worry about the, the technical aspects of Sunday. For me, one of the biggest things in this process, just as you're saying with this, is is we're so minded towards that mentality because that's that's some of our hearts. We realize that in the past, people have asked us, how do you fix this piece of the website? What about these phones? What do you recommend? And, and that's really kind of how it's been based and about in this whole process. And just to further that is what it, it seems like that, that natural relationship with interest technology, but... I also think within church technology, if you're creating that culture, it's like any other ministry. And so with that mentality, at least in that that moment, how do you see church technology needing to improve volunteer care in general, just like any other ministry? Well, I think sometimes um, we as church media guys or even churches look to hire the MacGyver that can fix everything. Mm. And I would say that churches need to be looking for 
a, a MacGyver plus a pastor. Um, and so if that means two roles on the tech team or uh, somewhere in that ministry, even if one is a staff member, one is a volunteer, something like that, I think that both are needed in the world of church media. Um, because you really need one guy that can really go after the gear and fixing stuff and, um, you know, keeping up with the, the budgets and set design and changing out the projector lamp and stuff like that. And then you need another guy that can be the, the, the team pastor uh, type role. And I really think that we lose the mindset or we have lost the mindset that each volunteer team in our church is really should be a mini church. We're really trying to create a, a, a little church inside of the big our our church as a as a whole. So, what I mean by that is your specific volunteer team should be a church, and you should be the pastor of that church, the leader of that church. Now, where it takes form in the form of task is you're creating an experience for Sunday. But where it comes to creating a volunteer culture, think of it as a as a church. They need uh, a prayer, they need care, they need uh, opportunities presented to them for leadership. They need to know uh, their next step spiritually, things like that. You're their pastor first. I think within church technology, there's this mentality. I know I've I've had it a lot of different times of we're just the introverts that are sitting in the back of the room. We're the nerds that's really don't socialize with people. Um, how much of that do you see has been true and how much of it have you seen that's not been true and how does that integrate into volunteer care? Well, I think that's definitely the stigma that's put on church media and church technology teams is that they are the introverted nerds that just sit in the booth and nobody recognizes them or notices them until the microphone goes out. Um, but I think that there's a different mentality that we can have, like I mentioned earlier, in that when we recruit or when we invite people, and that's a better word to use, is invite uh, people onto our team, we need to have the mindset of I- inviting everybody. I-, I want lawyers and moms and uh, you know guys that work at McDonald's, and I, I want uh, I- all of them. I don't just want the guy that, oh, so-and-so's brother used to work and and do some of the media. Maybe he would be a great fit for your team. I want those too, but I want to open the door wide to anybody that can come in, and I want to break my ministry up into little small pieces in, in a way that a single mom can come in and find a great place in our team. I can teach you how to run pro presenter. I can teach you how to... Um, what if you didn't? What if you weren't technically um, inclined? What if you didn't want to be on a piece of gear? Okay, no problem. Why don't you come in and we have you uh, create events for our team, and or or cook breakfast for our team on Sunday mornings, and and kind of mother our team. Um, you know, there there are a hundred different places that we can put people, but I think that our mentality as church media guys is. Oh, I'm trying to fill a role. I have five roles on Sunday, and that is director, switcher, pro presenter, uh, you know, stagehand, camera operator, whatever they are for you. And and I I'd like to take a a step back and say, what if it's more than those five or six or ten roles? 
what if it's a, a huge culture where you're taking someone's gift, no matter what that is, and, and putting it to use with, within the, the church media team? So we have the team put together. We're really trying to do this well. We have an eclectic selection of people on our team. How do we do volunteer care well? Like what is maybe one of your favorites that you've done in the past and one of your one of your ones that you're wanting to try sometime in the future or suggest a ministry give it a shot? Yeah, sure. Well, I have um, a, a book coming out later this year that that deals with this called Double Your Your Volunteers that will will cover 10 uh, strategies of of doubling your your volunteer team and even tripling it in in some cases, uh, but there's one a particular um, chapter that deals with putting people over process. And so when you're asking for uh, specific stuff that would be um, pastoring your people, here's some specific examples. Um, things like give out compliments that you mean. Don't don't fake it, but really truly give out compliments that you mean. And in that, encourage three times more than you critique. So on Sunday morning, really make a point mentally. I'm going to encourage my team. I'm going to give a good job three times more than I'm going to say, hey, that needs to be better. Um, Another uh, thing to do is to listen more than you speak. Uh, And that can take the form of body language, too. We need to nod. We need to lock eyes with someone. We need to, uh, you know, really engage in that conversation. That really shows that we we're, we care and that we're, we're there. Uh, another um, tidbit here would be discern and nurture talent. So we want to, uh, like I was mentioning, not just have a specific position that we need somebody to fill, but flip that on its head and say, what opportunities or what, what skills and abilities do you have and how can we create an opportunity that you can use that gift within our team. So discern and nurture talent. There's just a, a few when it comes to pastoring our people. Well, sounds like my own profession is in counseling. It sounds like just good marital counseling right there, but in, in application for a church tech team and trying to lead well. Um, so ultimately the goal is to engage with the volunteers and, trying to just do well what are some of the outcomes that you've seen within a church tech team that has great volunteer care and what are some red flags for people that haven't assessed if they have good good volunteer care or are just not really fully invested but want to make a flip here in 2016 sure well i would say um i I served on staff at new spring church um and uh, at one campus of New Spring Church. And when I came on staff, we had about 30 consistent volunteers. And when I left uh, about three years later, we were running a little over 120, 130 volunteers. So we grew our church tech volunteer team by over 100 people in three years. And so I would say numerical growth is one thing that you would, uh, you were, you were asking um, how do you know that you're healthy? I guess if, if people are wanting to come to your team and stay on your team, that's a good sign that you're, you're doing something right or that's healthy. Another thing is that they're growing spiritually. You want to, again, you're pastoring first. So if, if your volunteers are not only learning the gear and, and growing in their technical ability of uh, whatever that may be, 
uh, but also growing spiritually. If you're seeing them take next steps spiritually, then uh, obviously your team is 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 being he- is healthy, um, and and you see that growth within them. And here's a little trick: if you grow them spiritually, or if you really pour into growing them spiritually and provide next steps for them and really pastor them well, the technical stuff is going to take care of itself because they're going to want to succeed and be passionate about the ministry that you all are serving in as a team. And that kind of takes care of itself, honestly, when you pour into them spiritually. And I think that's that's a piece that, that we've been missing. But um, so signs of health is numerical growth and spiritual growth. I would say red flags would be the opposite of that. If you're losing people and can't keep people, it's just like a corporate position. If you have a lot of turnover and people don't want to be there, um, you know, that's something that you definitely need to, to look at. So I would say that's a red flag. If people are, are dropping out of your ministry consistently, um, I would say, um, that, well, that, that's the, that's, those are the main things that I can think of right now. You might give me a few minutes and I might uh, think of something else. <laughs> so ultimately I think it comes down to and boils down to look at the whole person itself and, and just invest in them and try to make sure that you're engaged. I've actually heard a couple of different great leadership quotes on how to serve a team well from a leadership perspective that you can teach skills. You can teach how to run a program. But the motivation, the passion, the desire there has to be innate, and it has to be something that you serve from, and it's contagious, but it's not something that you can teach in and of itself. And so we have to do that well. We have to make sure that we're serving in that process. So any final words as far as volunteer care just in general or something that you would want any small church, big church to kind of grapple with or question or think about over the next couple months? Well, let me give you a couple of quick strategies. Um, the first one, obviously, we talked about pastoring first. The, the second one would be show your volunteers that their service matters. You want to find ways that um, they understand why they're doing what they're doing, not just what they're doing, but why they're doing what they're doing. So an example of this would be take them to the, the care room at the end of a, a service and watch them or let them watch life change happen in front of them. Uh, even further than that, what if you had your care volu- your care pastor in and teach them how to have care conversations with people and you actually take tech volunteers out at the end of the service and they talk to people about giving their heart to, uh, their life to Christ and their marriage and nothing will motivate a tech team better than them having a conversation with the people that they are creating their experience for. Um, so show your volunteers that their service matters. Uh, a third strategy to think about is create an on-ramp for new volunteers. I think one place that we fall short is getting volunteers on our team. That's one place as I travel and speak and, and talk with churches that they struggle with constantly is, okay, where do we start? How do we get volunteers on our team? Well, you need to make sure that the, there's a clear pathway between interest in serving on your team and consistent volunteer. And if there's no clear path to make that happen, then obviously you're not going to, you know, have the volunteers that you want. So you want to make sure that that path is, is clear. Also structure your team. Well, provide consistent training opportunities uh, for your team, schedule your volunteer, uh, your volunteers effectively. 
Um, you want to continually teach your your team your processes and systems. You want to create an exciting culture for your team, and uh, and finally, you want to raise up and empower leaders. Um, your ministry is not going to grow by leaps and bounds if it's just you and people are looking to you all the time. Uh, you want to be sure to uh, raise up uh, and, and empower leaders to take a lot of the the task, not only the task, but to take the the concept of creating your culture uh, from you. You need to let others help you create your your culture as well. So that's just a few of the strategies and kind of takeaways for for churches to think about when they're building their volunteer team. Absolutely. So for those that want to hear more about what you have to say on your podcast, want to follow you on Twitter, even something you want to promote, what are, what are some of the things that you want to share as far as what you're doing on the web? Yeah, so uh, a lot of this stuff I talk about in, in my podcast, the Church Media Podcast. You can find that on iTunes or on our website at 1230media. That's all spelled out, 12, the word 30, the word media, 1230media.com. Uh, forward slash podcast will get you directly to uh, the podcast there. Uh, we're also on Stitcher Radio, um, and we talk a lot about volunteer culture, church media. We get into to techie stuff, too. Uh, we also talk to church leaders and, and media professionals in the worlds of audio and lighting and video and stage design uh, and some volunteer culture stuff as well. Uh, and so all that's on the podcast. And then uh, as far as our ministry, 1230 Media, we do mainly two uh, big things. We create custom media content for churches. So sermon bumpers, promo videos, countdowns, motion backgrounds, stuff like that, all from scratch uh, for churches around the country uh, and around the, the world, really. We have several international uh, churches that we work with. Um and also, so we do custom media content for churches and then production training. So that comes in the form of the podcast. And we also have a blog um, and I write uh, books as well on these topics and, and things like that. So 1230media.com is the website for all the information on all that. Carl, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Hey, Jeremy, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it, man. I really appreciated uh, Carl's take on on leading a church tech team and looking at it, looking at looking at all church teams as many churches. Um, I think it's one of, it's one of the the best ways you can do to lead your team well and to bring not only um, not only your best to the team but also to bring your team closer to God. Um, I was at a marriage seminar um, two or three years ago, and they said that the um, the first church is the the home that 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 a marriage is a church merger and that you know you when you have your kids your church is growing and you need to keep your church healthy and that's a unique way of looking at it and so that's kind of colored my entire view of of ministry from there on out that every every home is a church and every church team is a church because it's a small gathering of people who are doing what they do for the glory of God that's the definition of a church i think the flip side of the fact that you know church tech teams operate and function just like any other volunteer and team in the church i think that um you know, even as a church tech team, it is because we're not dealing with like spiritual needs of people or we're not dealing with people so much as we're dealing with machines. I think sometimes we we forget about or we neglect our teams more because we we do have 
um, a different kind of interaction dynamic, right? The ushers deal with the people, um, uh, people who are helping. What's another ministry, guys? Always, always with the ushers. Poor ushers. Yeah, parking lot teams, the the, the greeters. A lot of those ministries, um, you know, visiting, you know, people who are sick, like maybe Meals on Wheels or something like that. There's a lot of a lot of people interaction going on. But with church tech teams, um, a lot of your, your a lot of your interaction goes on with machines, right? Well, I, I think that the difficult thing with all that process is that's where our training is supposed to be too, right? Because if you're in youth ministry, your role is to figure out how to interact with teenagers because that's kind of a difficult thing to do. If you are music, if you're in the worship band, you need to figure out how to convey your music to people. And and like you're saying, we're talking about technology, but there's a, there's such a learning curve to a lot of what we do within church technology. Not necessarily everything, but a lot of stuff has a learning curve of if you don't understand gadgets and programs and all that stuff, you're not going to be able to get this. And so we focus on that process. And if you're very talented at technology, regardless of your relationship aspect, then you then you are prime for our ministry. But we don't necessarily think about, oh, wait, are you also a Christian? Maybe we should ask that in the interview process. How is your spiritual health right now? Are you getting along with people? Are you doing okay? Are you praying to God? But we don't ask that question a lot. Right. And that's a that's to me is a is a big deal, Jeremy. We've got we'll bring volunteers into ministry and we'll bring them to, you know, and and you're not as a, as a church tech, you're not sitting around counseling people necessarily. You're not necessarily getting in depth in people's spiritual lives, but we're bringing people into God's work and we don't even know if they're on God's team. It's, it's true. It, exactly. And I think th- I'm glad you guys knew what I was trying to say. Good grief. You guys really you guys really painted this really, really well. Um and it is just that, you know, if you're dealing with people, then there is a lot more of those personal checks. But because we're dealing with tech, it's like, oh, we don't care. It's easy to not care about their relationship with God or if they have a bad attitude or, you know, what their personal life is. If they're talented at creating graphics or running sound or running camera, operating camera, whatever, suddenly we check that out and we ignore it and we, we let things go on. And, you know, to really have that healthy team, like you guys were saying, as far as, and this is where we have to treat it like every other team, uh, w- w- those things need to, to uh, be in alignment to be healthy. I think the one it's been oh, well, almost a month since we've had this conversation just because we're that far out in our podcast. And in that time, I've been thinking what questions would I have wanted to ask? And I feel like the assumption we went into that both me and him had were the spiritual lives of our, of our volunteers matter. And I, I kind of wish I would have played devil's advocate for a little bit and asking, why are we making this assumption? Because, isn't that the mission of the pastor? And I would have loved to hear his answer, but I didn't, I didn't ask it. So I want to ask you guys that question kind of to play devil's advocate in this process. Why does that matter? Why should we be the pastor pastoring those volunteers, at least in a, in a semi role like that, as opposed to the pastor doing that? It's a great question, Jeremy. Well, first of all, Jeremy, I, I find it ironic that while you have no problem pushing back, you are incapable of pushing back yourself. Wait, what? You were you were not able to push back on yourself and play devil's advocate. I yeah, I know that's <laughs> that's really interesting because I was so on board with what he was saying because I'm, I'm writing that devotional 
on church technology for for the church technology community and so i'm like i'm totally in the zone let's talk about this i'm on board like let's get all the different questions out there so I, I missed a pushback opportunity. I know, right? Everyone's probably listening going like, when's he going to push back? Is he going to push back? What? The interview's over and he never pushed back? What's going on here? Yeah, buddy. Let us down a little bit there, didn't you? <laughs> well, I think, uh, Jeremy, the reason why we um, we want uh, – okay, as a pastor, and I'm a staff pastor. I'm not a lead. But as a pastor, um, it is definitely my responsibility to be watching out for the spiritual welfare of the people. But um, uh, and you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna while I'm talking, I'm gonna be googling. I'm gonna look up a scripture here. Um, uh, yeah, hold on. We can edit it so it sounds like you had it ready, which you totally didn't. No, you didn't. Don't do it. Gift of editit, editing. Edit it for no. Edit it for <laughs> the spiritual do gift that. of editing. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> that's not heresy at all. Oh my oh gosh, my what is this? Technically, the Gospels also had that. They had the spiritual gift of editing. Somebody had to go in and add those numbers. It's not like, you know, Paul was writing and be like, oh, crap, I better put another verse number. The lineage will not write itself. Okay, so I've I've got it, but um, but edit it. Don't make me look that's that good. Just you know, clarify. Hold on, let me Google this real quick, and then again, it's, it's like the Gospels. Edit me, but don't. No, just trim it. the time so it's not boring for the audience. But don't make me look Phil, good. Be honest, Phil. Are you Phil? Are you telling me how to edit? No, I wouldn't dare. Okay, except <laughs> except you've got to cut. I think about my friend. You've got to cut that part out because like, I'm gonna get, like it'll hurt his feelings really bad, and I love him. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's coming up for sure. Okay, All right, okay. go ahead. So, okay, so Jeremy, this is passage in Ephesians chapter four, where it says, "So Christ Himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip His people for works of service, so the body of Christ may be built up, until we all reach unity in faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ." So. There, in that passage, it says that, the, that leaders are given to the people in order to equip them for works of service. Okay, so we could we could call that ministry in the church, or maybe even a ministry outside the church. But to be fully equipped for service doesn't just mean the task is completed. It means the whole person is prepared to serve and serve God in that moment. And then that moment, that might require serving each other in love and gentleness. And I think that that's where um, we need to make sure that that leaders realize your number one goal is not to build your church, it's to build your people. And then through them, God will build your church. As far as why we need, you know, team leaders to see themselves as pastors, as if you've got a church where you've got multiple teams of, of volunteers, you've probably got a church of some size. I'm, and my, my church is not huge, but we've got multiple teams. And we're working slowly into this mindset where I want we want all of our leaders to see themselves as ministers, to see their teams as a kind of a, as like a small group almost, like a service group. You guys need to watch each other. You guys need to take care of each other because you're the first line. You, you'll you know if someone's having a tough time in their marriage when you're ushering with them and you can tell. They'll say little things here and there. You're the one who's close to them in the trenches. You're the one God's placed next to them to help uh, bear their burden. And, and I, I think that that's a good setup for this. I think that even still with that, we still we can still have the ability and capacity to get hung up on the technology part of it. That that verse is great for every other ministry that interacts with people directly. I guess for me, the one big thing is, is I know that there's, I think it's Corinthians and I'm not going to Google it, the power of Google, but I think it's in Corinthians where they talk about the home and how much that person 
needs to be in spiritual understanding of the process because that's where the church was at that time in the home. And the home isn't necessarily people. They have to make sure that everything is is secure and there's space and all that stuff. And, and so it talks about this, just this general idea of having a place of worship. And so it, I don't want to soil that process, but it's almost like the janitor. Like you need to make sure that this place is ready and taken care of. And that ministry is so important. I, I know people that take that, the janitorial ministry beyond what it is because they have that servant heart. And I feel like in church technology, we need to have a servant heart in that process. And it's kind of a similar thing of keep doing what you're doing because what you're doing is changing lives. And so we have that, that direct capacity for making sure that we are doing what we need to do. And I agree with everything that you said, Phil. I just wonder how do we make sure that that priority process is where it needs to be? Because I, I still don't know if we would say, beyond a conversation, beyond just a general, let's hang out together, how that would happen. Because my mentality in training isn't, let's get you the theology and the evangelism and the discipleship that you need. It's, we got to figure out pro presenter. We need to figure out how to hear the correct audio so you adjust the soundboard correctly. Right. I I think that um, when we use the words like pastor, we kind of load the question a little bit. And I think fundamentally what it comes down to is the church operating and, and working like the church is supposed to. And fundamentally it comes down to discipleship and submitting to one another. And, you know, with your church tech teams, the leader submitting to those he's leading and, the, and those being led submitting to their leader and being able to speak into each other's lives. And when, and when you see when you see problems or you see things come up, being able to address them and being in relationship with one, one another and having trust and being able to be vulnerable around one another. You know, it isn't just a tech team. It can be a, a, a guy's. It, <clears throat> Let's face it, unlike so many other teams at church, the church tech team has a much higher rate of people having things in common. Because the guys on the church tech team often like comic book stuff. They almost they they like, you know, Lord of the Rings, they like Star Wars, they like they may like video games. There's a lot of overlap in our interests. And so it really is a, a beautiful and awesome opportunity that you have all these guys who, you know, are sometimes introverts or they're not necessarily like wanting to be in the social butterfly going about and trying to be best friends with everybody. So it like creates this opportunity where you got like, like people coming together. They have common interests. I mean, this isn't just a church tech team. This is like a church tech family. You have things in common, you know? And so I, I think that it is a golden opportunity to, to have relationship outside of the church tech team and, and through all that and spending time with one another, whether you're, you know, passionately talking about how to do pro presenter better or how to do this, you know, graphic technique this way or that way. It is a, a wonderful opportunity to, to build relationships with, with one another, to give us access to each other's personal lives to the point that we could submit to one another and disciple one another and really help each other out and talk into each other's lives. And, and I also think that that might just, my, desire to see church technology be the, the ministry that is the, the starting point for the discussion of pornography inherently changes church technology. It's not just a go, go fiddle with some gadgets and press next for the slides. It's a ministry. And I think that maybe inherently we, many people, myself included, have assumed that it's probably not a ministry. It's just the IT departments that it just gets to show up on Sundays. And so 
ultimately, I wonder if you want to question where you stand with that process. Are you just the IT department? Because the IT department just needs to know technology. They don't need to have a ministry. That's a good distinction, Jerry. It's a good distinction. And I think even though, like we've said before, even though, you know, um, the tech, church tech team is probably one of the teams that deals least with people directly, they're still dealing with each other. And to me, that's the, that's the focus. You're still thinking, you're never, you're never, you're never going to be uh, without, without access to people in the church. You're always close to somebody. Not only that is it, it does affect everybody. In fact, more so because it's your graphic work that is seen by everybody. It is your sound design that's being heard by everybody. I mean, you know, so in that sense, what the church tech team does actually reaches just as many, if not more, than a lot of the other ministries. And a, and a good theological understanding of what that means needs to be there. And the ability to simply understand how community and your own spiritual life can affect that is important. It's amazing how if you're not praying and reading the Bible and taking things to God, that actually can affect how you approach the the entire process of church technology, soundboard and lighting and social media and everything else. Well, I've said before, running sound, doing tech stuff is worship. Um, but you can't worship a God you don't know. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion, use the CMAGCast hashtag. Visit churchmag forward slash riddle me this or drop us a line via email at podcast at churchmag. And remember, if you want to win a free copy of Great Church Sound, use the same email address, podcast at churchmag, and tell us why you want to win. Until next week. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. Thank you so much. Take care. See you soon, guys.